Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Footy Game Day Squad Show. I'm your host, Cal, and joining me today, I've got Tom, I've got Kerm. How are we, guys? Good, mate, good. Keen to get stuck into it, week one. Excellent, yeah, as well, mate. Week one, we had a game last night, which was ripper, just by the way. What a game, just oh. going back and forth the whole time. You didn't know who was going to win until the fourth quarter, right at the end there. So, what a great way to start the season and start the podcast off, eh? Absolutely. That's what we're here for. We're here for the preview series. So we're going to be doing one of these before every round and one for a review. But obviously, because the season decided to start on a Wednesday, we missed last night's game. And this will be coming out after the Carlton game as well. So we're recording this Thursday, about 5.30 Queensland time. So we we'll have, won't have those results um, in this show, but we are going to have a look ahead for the other games to sort of see. Of course, we are here because of Game Day Squad. So Australia's first fantasy sport blockchain game launching hopefully next week touch wood there's been a few development things going on if people have been following along but it's looking very promising at the moment and we're really excited to be able to roll that out and get that going so stay tuned make sure you hit up our social socials have a look what's going on there but guys what we're going to do this is our first episode so everything's going to be a bit new to everyone here but Kerm, you're going to start this off by giving us the team news and obviously everything's just come through recently give us the big updates on who's in who's out Yeah, so the teams actually haven't been announced yet at the time that we're recording this, but there is some big news, and we are a dynasty platform for fantasy, so I'm going to be talking about some young guns that are going to be getting their debut starts. So Nick Dacos, talked about a lot, absolute ball magnet. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. He's going to make his debut, along with the other most hyped rookie in the the draft this year, Jason Horn francis He's locked in to make his debut as well. Everyone's excited to see how he's going to perform and whether he's going to get the CBAs that everyone's been talking about, if he's going to mm-hmm. attend those centre-bounce attendances and or whether he's going to play up front like he has been in the pre-season games. So everyone will have their eye on him. Uh, Cal's boyfriend, Josh Ward, he's going to be making his debut as well. Um, we'll be talking about him a little bit later on because I'm very excited for his prospects, um, just like Cal is, but he's going to be making his debut. Josh Rochelle. The young forward for the Adelaide Crows, he's going to be making his debut. All eyes will be on him. He seems to be one of the most exciting players on the Crows list already, so that's definitely one to be watching. But for me, the biggest inclusion of the round, and God knows how he did it. It's one of the most inspirational news stories in sport, I think, so far this year. But Sam Doherty is going to be yeah. making his return to footy in round one. And to me, like, there's way bigger than footy. Way bigger than footy. For him to lace up the boots round one after what he's been through... Um, is just he's just a joke of a human. I don't know how he's done it, and good luck to him. I hope he smashes it. I'm sure he will. It's Sam Doherty. He's a ball magnet. He knows where to find it. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see what Dockers can do. Yeah, too right, too right. And I hope that gets Carlton up for yeah. a win. Because I've got a stat for you later in Stat of the Week that will sort of show how bleak round ones have been for Carlton lately. But, yeah, no, congratulations to Doherty there. I know we're all behind him. We spoke a lot about him in our Carlton, Re- Carlton Review show. So, yeah, awesome, awesome to see. Yeah, and some big inclu- uh, exclusions, sorry. Uh, Mitch Duncan's going to be missing for Geelong. Massive fantasy implications for those who would have been liking the look of Mitch Duncan early on. He's struggled to get onto the park in recent years. Um, and just announced was no Sean Darcy, no Nat Fife, or no Jake Lloyd um, for... All you fantasy heads out there, no Sean Darcy, Nat Fife, or Jake Lloyd, which will be some massive, massive implications on many people's fantasy teams around the nation because um, they're one of the most hyped-up talk-about players in, in fantasy. So, yeah, big exclusions. There you go. 
great little recap from from Gear Kerm, giving everyone everything they need to know. Yeah, and I can't wait to see some of those rookies come through. It's always really exciting. Adding some good, exciting football players to some pretty boring teams at the bottom there for last year. So, no, keen to do that. What we're normally going to have at this point is we're going to run you through pack opening of the week, but because our game hasn't launched yet, Tom has had to sit on his hands, but stay tuned for that next week. We will be looking for people's submissions. So if we do launch, we want people sending them through to our Game Day Squad account on Instagram, Twitter, however you want to get it to us. We want to be having a look and seeing if you win our pack of the week. So stay tuned for that. But guys, what we're going to move on to here, as you can see on the screen, you've now got my, what we call, rolling team of the week. Now, sorry, rolling dream team. So we've all done one up, and this is if we could select the 22 players that we wanted to start our game day squad player team with, who would they be? Now, we'll start with mine, we'll go through everyone's, and then over the course of the year, we'll look at how these changes, if people do things to move themselves in or move themselves out. But that's my team that you guys can see there on screen now. So... Probably the big couple of things I have down is as a massive Port Adelaide fan, I haven't found space for Ollie Wines. And Oof, I don't have Dacos huge. and I don't have Horn Francis, which, like you've said, are the two big rookies from the year. So what are your thoughts on my dream team? If I could start my team with it, that would be it today. That will hurt you not having uh, Ollie Wines in there. But no, I really like it. Really strong midfield. Took Miller, Jack Steele, the two unanimous um, top two players in fantasy football. You've got young guns as well. Sam Walsh, Connor Rosie, Josh Ward on the bench. Um, and some very versatile players up front and down back and Jordan Dawson, Chad Wingard uh, these are some boom or bust players but when they boom, they boom and they can take you a long way Yeah, and I simply cannot believe that the poor player is not in this best 18 or 22 whatever you want to call it with the people on the bench but as Kerm said, it's a very versatile team, you've got depth at every position even on the bench, there's some good players there to sub in just in case you never know what's going to happen this season and I'll tell you what, I've taken quite a similar approach, it looks like, to you. And I'm pretty keen to get into my list as well. Yeah, run it through. We'll bring it on now. Let's have a look. Let's get it through. So, yeah, here you, go. here you guys go. You can see my little lineup here, see my list. Um, give me your thoughts. Callum, I know you had, you had a little bit of controversy about my team early on in this pod. Yeah, we had a brief look before. We haven't shared it only just before we jumped on here so we could give you some sort of live reaction and my big surprise is a lack of youngsters. So in your dream team, you're going, nah, there's not many players for the future that you're looking towards saying, hey, they're going to be on my team for the next five, 10 years. No Sammy Walsh's or things like that. So that were my initial thoughts. I think I had a few more in there, knowing that a game day squad, of course, is a dynasty platform, knowing that the cards you have, they carry from season to season. So having those young rookies is going to be something that's really, really important. But no, nah, you've gone all in. You've all in for the premiership this year. He wants, it. he wants the He wants the silverware. Absolutely. But I do want to mention that although I have picked an older team, I want to talk about the strategy and how I use fantasy is that I don't play the same team. It's not set and forget every single week. I'm going to be extremely active and I've come from other fantasy platforms like ESPN who have played NBA and NFL where you can sub in players in and out from the waiver wire, which are players left over that people haven't drafted. And I am extremely active there. So I'm going to be extremely active with my team as well. No one is safe. If I see some bad performances, I'm telling you I'm ruthless. I will cut these players. But for now, this is the team I'm running with. And that's probably a good point to know. When our platform does launch and our fantasy game is up and running, you get two changes a week. So you actually have your 22 players you can see on screen, plus you've got another squad of eight players, and that kind of makes your active squad. But if you want to take players in and out of them, you get two a week. Otherwise, you start copying a pretty hefty points deduction, very similar to your EPL fantasy or FPL, they call it. So... Yeah, what about uh, what about your thoughts, Kerm, on his list? 
Yeah, much the same. Not a lot of young age there. There's a, it's just win now. Win now is a good mentality to have because a lot of people in the dynasty league is going to be everyone. A lot of people are going to have that forward-looking future look. But if you sneak in early with a with a mature age team and get those dubs early, it's yeah, who can blame you? You know, some people have said I am like the head office at Geelong. <laughs> I'm representing the Geelong Cats. Fair enough. Don't know who said it, but it's been said. I've heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> oh, if you can get to what ten prelims in however many years they've had it, then yeah, why not? Why not, not try and Not a bad it? strategy, hey. Kerm, going to bring your list up here now. Yes. And the one thing that stood out to me the moment I saw this was the thing that you were sort of talking about all preseason, and that was your love for Sean Darcy. Yes. So I want to know. Has he not made your dream starting ruck position because you've had a backflip and change of heart, or is it purely just because he's not playing and that's why? It is just because he's not playing. He will make his way into my rolling dream team at some point because I am infatuated with how this man plays football and the ruck position. I think he's going to be the next best thing. So after Darcy, it's Grundy. Grundy, I think, takes it over Gorn. Gorn had a great game last night, it has to be said, but Grundy is just an all-round that goal Monster. from set oh, shot from 50. Turn the tide for me as well. Like, fantasy aside, that turned the tide in the game. Um, but yeah, apart from that, very vanilla team for me. Just quickly want to point out that everyone has actually chosen Grundy as their starting ruckman yeah. for the week out of the three teams here. So we did, and I was very high on Max Gorn, and I made that, you know, pretty public on these podcasts before doing the preseason reviews, and no one has gone with him. Yeah. Seems a bit crazy that not one of us started him, but as you mentioned, Grundy is just so versatile. Yeah. And the way that he plays the Ruckman position is just different. Like when you watch him play, you're like, wow, he can move. He it is a crack in player. in so many different ways. It's insane. Yeah, and if for those watching our uh, prediction show for the season, we myself and Kerm were on the island that said that the, the demons were going to fall off a little bit. Um, I think we messaged each other yeah. this morning saying we're paddling <laughs> off that island because they looked red hot last night and Gorn looked hot. So, Jesus. Tom, fortunately, someone here went for the, the demons to go back-to-back so we don't look mm-hmm. like complete fools. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they looked good last night. Yeah, and, you're um, welcome, guys. Come back. Come back to the dark <laughs> side. Come back to the D's train. We'll welcome you back on because they are looking amazing. Well, let's flip it to the other side. What we're going to do now is one of our segments we're going to look at is the hot seat. So we've just spoken about the demons being good, but let's talk about someone who needs to be good. Otherwise, they're in a bit of trouble. And I'll start you off. So for my round one hot seat, it's going to be close to home for you, Kerm. It's Mm. going to be Stuart Jew, and it's very much going to be a seasonal view, not obviously the first round. His record... In 83 games, 19 wins, 63 losses, and a draw. He's winning at 22%. Best year was his last finish, So, but they only finished 16. They won seven games and still finished 16th. And the reason he's in the hot seat, and the reason that I think a lot of coaches are going to be in the hot seat this year, is because Alistair Clarkson is sitting there waiting in the wings. Now, fun fact, in 2011, AFL actually banned betting on the sack race for the coach. Which I was, I was disappointed to find out because I often love looking at that in the EPL, but probably for good reasons that they don't have it. But yeah, that's going to be, he's going to be on my hot seat. And you could even argue that they're going over to the West Coast, a depleted West Coast. And if now, if they were ever going to get their season off to a good start, this has to be the game that they do it. Because we don't, we're not very high on West Coast this year. So 100%. he's my round one hot seat. Yeah. And no one can say anything against that for sure. Uh, Stuart Jew, great personality, great locker room guy. He's got, the team under his wing, they love him. Front office seems to love him as well. But as you said, twenty-two percent win rate in coaching career—that's not 
anywhere near where not you up to be, par is it yeah, even if you are the sure. coach he is literally the definition of being in the hot seat. I think he knows it. Um, yeah. Everyone knows it at the club as well. He really needs to get this season going. And as you mentioned, what a perfect way to get it going than going up against West Coast, a team that has been traditionally so dominant, such a big club over in WA there. Um, if they could go there and get a win, wow, that would be a great start to the season. Definitely someone who wants to be staying out of the sun, keeping cool this year is Stewie Jew. I think but... we got Callum timing out. Oh, Cam, we got a frozen Cal. He's, is he back? He's back. I'm back. Don't worry He's about back. me. Cam, um, <laughs> we'll roll on to yours. Who do you have? I love how you mentioned up the Alistair Clarkson thing and, co- and coaches being on hot seats. and uh, But there's all these things with coaches. I'd hate to be a coach in modern day sport because I think it's the most insecure job going around because you are so performance-based. And I hate to do it so early on, and this is going to be really harsh, I think, but Michael Voss has a lot to prove early on for me. And it's more so to do with his previous coaching experience than it has for what he's got now. But he's got such a young list that a lot of people are putting outside pressure on that isn't really deserved for me. Um, And who's to blame but the coach? It's always going to get pointed back to to Michael Voss. And as you said, I love that point about Alistair Clarkson. I was going to bring it up myself. Imagine having someone like Alistair Clarkson in the wings for your position when you've known to struggle in the past. You've got Sam Walsh, your best player, injured for a few more weeks, to be said, but he is injured, and a young list that everyone's putting a lot of pressure on. For me, it's just, it's just not a good recipe. Um, so Michael Voss early on, undeserved, admittedly, um, but I think his, his butt is hot early on in the season, and if there's some good early signs and performances from, from, the, from the Blue Baggers... I think he's going to jump off that hot seat pretty quickly. Um, but for me, he is on the hot seat for now. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that because I'm one of those people, if you remember, I had Carlton finishing in the top eight just because I think there's some talent there. And yeah, and I'm putting him on the hot seat. And I, I don't think it's just those sort of teams at the bottom that the pressure's on because as a Port Adelaide fan, if you told me that we had Alistair Clarkson at the start of the preseason and we had him all the way through the season... I would have changed my tune on very quickly on where I had us ranked. So I had us fifth. Yeah. I'd be putting us there for the grand final. Yeah. He's that good. So I don't think any coach is safe. So, 100% yeah. agree. But what about yourself, Tom? Have you gone with another coach or have you picked a player? Or a I actually haven't picked a player or a coach. I picked a team. And I love the comment that you just made that, you know, we don't just look at the people who we th- predict are going to finish at the bottom. There's also a lot of pressure on these teams who are at the top and who are trying to maintain their position. And we understand narratives with teams can change so quickly if things start going wrong. So the team for me is the Geelong Cats. And we've spoken about it a lot. They're an aging team. And the worst possible scenario would be to start the season off with a couple of losses stringing them together. Because then now you've got your aging star players having to play, you know, really hard, grinding out the games, trying to get the win later on in the season when they're probably hoping to get a little bit of rest in that time. You know, cut their minutes down, get ready for September footy. We all know how important it is to be fresh and ready to go because we've seen teams throw throw it all at the end of the season, trying to get there, and then they just don't have enough in the tank at the end. So for me, it's really important they get off to a red-hot start. They secure their spot near the top of the ladder so then they can cruise into the finals and try to go for glory this year. I like that a lot. I do too. I, I didn't do even too. think about it, yeah. And Essendon's round one's not an easy team. 
Not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, so I'm very keen to see how Geelong goes. But yeah, there's a few people we've put on the hot seats. That's going to keep looking. Well, I'm keen to see how that keeps evolving over the course of the year. But what we're going to roll into now is the question of the round. So the burning question, it can be related to anything, player, team, league, whatever you want. This, This week, my round one burning question is, are we going to see a different Port Adelaide team to the one we saw last year? And as you guys know, or Tom, you, you didn't join us on that at Port Adelaide podcast, but I was probably pretty harsh on them um, and how they went for a team that lost in a prelim. And the reason I was so harsh is they only beat one top four side all year. And that was in round 23. So I thought they were a bit of a flat track bully, and I'm really keen to see if they are all talk this year, if they bounce back from two prelims, or if they are just that team that's going to take a big change, maybe as a coach or something, to actually get them to where they want to be. So... Yeah, could have put Ken Hinckley on the hot seat. Didn't even think about doing it because I already had that question lined up. But That's a good yeah. one because you'll know very early yep. on what sort of port side you're going to get. Mm. It's and only think... going to take this round to, to understand what where the intensity is, who's stepping up. Um, so I like that one a lot. And we haven't beat the Lions since round three, 2018. And I know that's a long time because in about a month or so, I've got five years with my girlfriend. And that was one of our first dates I took her on. Oh. And Port won by 90-something points, so it was good. She didn't see the worst of me. I could relax because we were up by 10 <laughs> goals. Yeah. And, so romantic. And that was man. the last time Port yeah. had beaten the Lions at the Gabba. So it, being up here in Brisbane, I'm going to the game. It hasn't been good. I'm going this week, and I'm just, I'm yeah, I'm expecting the worst. Um, but, yeah, really keen to see if it's going to be a different Port in 2022. So Very good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, Ken, um, you're up. What have you got? I'm going to attack the Suns again. Um, <laughs> if you don't, we will. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I beat you to the punch. Um, no, you mentioned the West Coast game and how depleted they are this weekend. And uh, for me, of the Suns, who are relatively healthy for once, um, we're losing Ben King. So we do have to watch Levi Casbolt. We don't like him on the podcast. Um, but Ben King, big loss. Outside of that, there's, <laughs> there's not a lot that we can complain about. As for West Coast, they've got 26 available players, and that's best-case scenario. They're going to be picking up players out of the waffle at this point if, if things keep getting worse. So we need to go over there and start the season strong. We mentioned Dewey. He is on the hot seat. He is, from what I can gather from an outside perspective, a very good locker room guy. Has the kids under his wing. They love him. Front office loves him. But... If we can't go over to West Coast with 26 players available in the squad, not just the team, the squad, for me, that's a very, very bad start to the season, which we really need a good start. And the Suns are notorious for starting well, believe it or not, and then just petering off during the season and just doing nothing for half the season and getting no wins, not even looking like a lifeless winism at some point. Um, so, yeah, this is a very important game for the Suns. This will tell us a lot early on about what we're about this season um, and whether the young guys like Noah Anderson, Matty Rao are going to step up and do a job. And honestly, for me, it starts in the engine room. Yeah. They need to get the midfielders winning clearances, working hard, clean and effective disposals as well to the forwards because we've spoken about the Suns forward pack and who's going to be kicking the goals, who's going to help winning the game, or help them win the game. Um, that doesn't matter too much if there's great service out in front and you're taking an easy mark 30 out on a nice little angle there. So if they can dominate the middle, I really feel good about Gold Coast's chances in getting a win in round one. Yeah, and it can't just be Took. If we're talking about the engine room, it cannot just be Miller. We need someone else to step up. We lost Hugh Greenwood embarrassingly. 
Um, Matty Rowell is fit, and Noah Anderson has shown signs in preseason. <laughs> Cal's just <laughs> chuckling to himself. In hysterics, mate. <laughs> this. He loves this. I love um, the Hugh Greenwood chat. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Almost threw him in my dream team just to see your reaction. <laughs> see what he looks like in a in a North Jersey. North Jersey. Um, no, this is big for the Suns. We need a we need a good result here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're too right. And with mine, I've got the question of the round being, are we going to see the Brownlow, Dusty Martin back playing for the Richmond Ooh, Tigers? That's um, on soon too, half an hour. Exactly right. Uh, we know how great he can be, and he was the best AFL player for years in the league, in my opinion. I don't think anyone could even touch him and how good he was and how he could elevate that Richmond club to the places that they went to. Multiple grand finals, just is that guy. You know, you just watch him play, he passes every eye test, kicks every, seems like he doesn't miss, kicks every goal when he's needed to, and in those big moments, he can always step up and deliver. So I want to see that Dusty Martin back there. I'm really hoping he can because he is so electric and so fun to watch. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a Richmond fan, but I love watching Dusty go out and play. Exactly. Every footy fan across Australia would agree that they want to see the, the Dusty, the real Dusty Martin back. And like as you said, he uh, for me he's the heart and soul of the team. It's not hard to tell, and he can win the game off his own boot easily, as as easily as anyone else in the league. You talk about your Bontempelli's, Petrakas, Dusty used to do that week in week out. So you're not a footy fan if you don't want to see Dusty Martin back to his best. I think. Well, I can't remember what your teams had on screen, but I had Dusty in my forward lineup, my dream team. Was he in there for you guys? You he was another player that was in all three rosters. He was. There you but... go. There you go. Because I was going to say, he's that one we've all just assumed he's going to come back. But, yeah, watch that space because, yeah, he's such a high level before. Will he come back again? All right. What we're going to go now, I'm going to give you guys my stat of the week. And I've got two for you this week because it is round one. And I just wanted to get one jab in at Carlton. And that was that Carlton have played the Tigers eight times in round one since 2012 and haven't won a single one. So, tonight the pressure is going to be on for them. Um, that's a bit rough, spoke about him. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough... That's a tough, tough schedule that many times in round one. And we've just spoken about how good Dusty was and the level that he was at. He's going up against that in round one after a full yeah. preseason. Ooh. And you can't tell... I'm not going to swing the camera around, but I've, my parents are Carlton supporters and there's just Carlton memorabilia all around this room here. I'm staring at a Chris Judd jersey here. Oh, God. So oh, I've, I've, had to, I've had to deal with them in round ones for the last 10 years. So... But my stat, my other stat I want to give you is a little bit more fantasy specific because that's why we're here, right? Game day squad. We don't have a platform yet, but when we do, this is going to be the place you're going to want to come to to hear about all the different stats. And one of the things about game day squad that makes it a little bit different is we've got our card multipliers. So if you've had a look on screen, you'd see all the cards are different colors. And if you don't know what that's about, go back and check out some of our videos we've done or even our website or our socials that talk all about it. But essentially, we've got all these cards with different multipliers. And what that means is that some players, we're going to have more players that are actually competing in players' teams than normal. It's not going to be a stock standard. Here's your 30 players that it's in everyone's fantasy team, and there's no one else. Because you might have a player with a really high multiplier that doesn't get a very good score, but with the multiplier, all of a sudden, find yourself in other people's teams. So with that, you're going to have to start looking outside your broader team or your broader selection. So I wanted to give you a couple of stats about the different positions on general and how these people go, You know, just give you a bit of insight. So for example... If you're going to pick a generic forward player, on average, a player that plays for a top six side 
is going to be far better than a team that plays bottom six or middle six. In the midfield, you have to have a finals-bound team. Big discrepancy between the top and the bottom teams. Defender, you want bottom six teams. And for rucks, it doesn't matter. Now, of course, there's exceptions to that, right? So you think of finals-bound teams with the mids. Tuke Miller and Steele were exceptions to that. But we're talking about the other players, the other players around Tuke Miller and the other players around the Saints. Probably not players you're going to, not going to be going after if they're not going to be making finals. So that's really, really important going forward. So keep an eye out for that when you're building out your fantasy player because a legend card that has a 1.5 multiplier of a team that's going well or not going well might be someone that finds yourself in finds himself in your team. So yeah, watch that space. Very exciting. I'm- Some great insight there. And you're just so right. Like You're not going to see this situation where everyone's going to have the same team. It's going to come up to what sort of cards you're getting, what grading they're going to be. And how you can find utility in that within your lineup. Because you may get a dead average player, but with that multiplier, as you said, that could be a difference maker and help you win multiple fantasy matchups and get that score bumped right up. Yeah, so going to be very important for building out some players and particularly looking forward in the future as you're planning, right? So if you believe, for example, in the Suns, maybe you go after some of their forwards players, then the future will prosper. Or if you think they're going to be rubbish for a long time, you go after someone like Jack Lukosius because you know he's going to get a lot of footy down there. So <laughs> Jack Lukosius, the man. The man. Upset I didn't have him in my best 8 uh, 22. That hurt a little bit. <laughs> I, need, I needed him in my team just because I've spent the whole preseason learning how to say his name. So yeah, I, I was going to say, I've been impressed with the, uh, the pronunciation here. Big improvement since that, yeah. uh, that first Suns <laughs> podcast. It's like I'm a natural now, hey? Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, guys, we're going to look at lock of the week. And I'm going to explain how this is going to work because this is going to be a competition, a competition between us three for the rest of the season. So we'll put a little bit of spice on your regular lock of the week player. And how we're going to do this is each of us is going to give you a player and tell you a lock of the week score that they're going to have. So to explain this, I'm going to start with my player, who's Patrick Cripps. And I'm going to say that this week he's going to have 125 game day squad points. Now, if Patrick Cripps hits over 125 points, no matter what he gets over it, I get 125 points for the season, not for my score for round one. Anything under that, I get a big fat zero. So obviously I could be cautious and I'd say Patrick Cripps is going to get 40, which last year he averaged 93. So you can nail on that he's going to get 40. So yes, I get my points for this round, but I'd only get 40. So over time, you can choose how greedy you want to be with your lock of the week and how much you believe in a player. And the final little spice too is that we can't lock in the same player twice in the same year. So I'm using Patrick Cripps in round one. I don't get to use him again, but I think he's going to go for 125 points. Who do you guys have as your round one lock of the week? I'll kick us off because it's actually your boy, Cal, Josh Ward. Wee. I'm taking Josh Ward. I love that he's my boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm taking... Uh, if, if, anyone, if any of us get a legend Josh Ward card, we know where it's going for sure. Um, yes. But I've actually got him locked in for 90-plus GDS points. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good day. Um, we saw in the preseason he can find the footy well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to lock him in for 90-plus GDS points. Yeah, got a bit on the safer side there. I like it. Trying to yeah. just, you know, make sure we secure points start, yeah. in week one. I'm hoping Callum gets stitched up here because I would love for us <laughs> two to get on top early and him to be chasing all year. But let me get into mine and set the scene a little bit. This player has just been, let's say, upgraded to vice-captain. There's going to be a lot of emotions for him. He was an academy product of this club. He was drafted by this club. This is going to mean so much to him in round one. And especially seeing as it's the Sydney Derby, 
It's GWS Giants versus the Sydney Swans. I'm expecting him to have a great game this week. I'm not going to go as high as Callum. A little bit higher than you, though, Kerm. I'm going Callum Mills for 105 GDS fantasy points. Ooh. I rate it. I rate it. What? He's a good player. He is a good man. player. He's, yeah, a... he's expected to play, too. He's been in an injury cloud over the preseason, so he could come out and absolutely pump everyone. Yeah, that could be the thing. Imagine that he doesn't play. If he doesn't play as well, it doesn't count. You get a zero. There's no backups in this. Of course, yep. our game will have a captain and vice captain. So if you make a lock of the week as a captain, you can always do it. Very similar to the other fantasy platforms. Now, we've just rattled off our scoring. So if you're sitting here going, what is GDS scoring? Firstly, thanks for getting through this far to our episode. We'd really do appreciate <laughs> it. If you're here, please do give us a like and subscribe because we're going to be doing a lot more of this. And I promise you we'll be getting a lot better at it too. But check over on our website. We've got a full breakdown and a couple of blogs that Kerm and the other guys have written about the AFL scoring and also the NRL scoring that we're doing as well, if that's something you're also interested. So we break down how we are compared to AFL fantasy because we use very similar stats or the same stats and how we've tinkered and who the winners and losers have been from those changes. So yeah, as you jump in and start playing some game day squad footy, then you'll understand, yeah, those rules more. But yeah, it's generally a little bit higher than your traditional AFL fantasy. So yeah, very keen to see how they go. But guys, I think we better run off. The Carlton game is starting very soon. I don't want to miss another minute of footy because, it, yeah, it's been such a long preseason. We'll be back with our review show on Sunday. So we'll sit down, we'll break down the round that was, all from a fantasy perspective, making sure everyone that's playing fantasy can get the best output that they can get. So, yeah, anything to add before we get into we run off for the weekend, guys? Enjoy the footy, no, guys. Enjoy a great week of footy. Yeah, yeah. footy is back. Could couldn't be a better time for it to come back either i've been missing it way too much i'm keen to sit down have a beer on the weekend and just watch some cracker games absolutely, absolutely. and here's hoping the suns power and swans all get a win this weekend so guys Up the swans. Sure, no matter what you're doing that you're getting game day ready mm-hmm.